You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Milwaukee Bucks reporter at ESPN Milwaukee. Also the Milwaukee Bucks reporter at ESPN Washington Island, which is out in uh, out, uh, in between the UP and the Door Peninsula out in Lake Michigan. Uh, so shout out to everyone in Washington Island that listens. Uh, I can say confidently I have never been to Washington Island. I, I hear it's beautiful, so I'll have to check out the ESPN Washington Island uh, affiliate at some point here. I'm Eric Name, no Frank Madden tonight, just me for the time being. So uh, we'll wrap up this week with a couple ideas that I kind of wanted to go through, but a little bit of news first, and the news of the day is relatively simple, but uh, it is now officially official that Giannis will not be participating in the World Cup qualifiers with the Greek national team, and uh, I know we we have a bunch of Greek listeners, and I have a number of Greek followers on Twitter, and they were telling us about this a, a few weeks back when it, the rumors did first start to come out, and uh, it did start to sound like Giannis would not be participating. And uh, when I retweeted out the Eurohoops link and, and talked about it a little bit on Twitter the other day, they said, well, yeah, everyone knew this two weeks ago, uh, which I agree. And both Frank and I had tweeted it out at that time. Uh, but this was the first time we had heard the national team coach uh, actually talk about it in I guess in some sort of detail and I know is kind of media days or media availability for the national team is uh, I know they were officially together uh, so that was kind of what spurred his comments and you know what spurred official articles and, and all of that so um, just kind of wanted to you know touch on that mention that that is uh, I don't necessarily want to say a fact but it is more fact-based now uh, and that is kind of the expectation from the Greek team that Giannis will not be playing with them for the World Cup qualifiers in the next little while and we've we've talked about and uh, the Greek national team kind of said you know Giannis had other things and uh, the team wanted him there and the team wasn't going to let him out for uh, any national team duties and uh also, they mentioned the same thing for Costa Kufis, and I guess uh, I, I don't, I don't get the sense that there's really, uh, I don't think any surprise uh, from really any side here. Like I don't think the Greek national team was thinking that the that Giannis was going to be coming around. I don't know if they thought that. Uh, I don't think anyone, the Bucks, are surprised that they now know anything like that. I, I think everyone was kind of on the same page there that. Giannis would not be coming there, and uh, Giannis has kind of reached a level of 
a professional basketball where you know it it is going to be less likely for him to come over at times and uh, obviously Giannis has always said that is a big priority playing for the Greek national team at some point and you know representing his country to the fullest of his abilities so uh, I have no doubts that there will be times where he is able to come over to Greece and able to participate in things Um, but you know I, I think it will be you know the very the most important games, uh, and you know, maybe more for Olympic qualifying than World Cup qualifying, um, I could kind of see that going forward. So we'll have to see exactly where all of it ends up going and kind of what they end up doing there. But that is always something that he has really wanted to do, but not really surprised to see that he's not going over for that. And also, I think from the perspective of most Bucks fans, selfishly, this is probably an offseason, and maybe every offseason is this way, but certainly this one where, you know, you don't want Giannis doing other things. You want Giannis with a new coaching staff to be with that coaching staff as much as possible, to be able to work out with them, learn new principles, learn what Bud is teaching, and, you know, get some time with a, a possibly a shooting coach. Uh, obviously, you saw him work out with Kobe last week, but, you know, that that individual skill work can be very important as well, especially when you have a guy like Ben Sullivan, who is a shooting uh, coach, a shooting specialist, and as Frank mentioned last week, he, he did teach, or he did learn, excuse me, under Chip Anglin, who obviously has taught a number of people uh, to shoot even better with the San Antonio Spurs, so uh, I think kind of no surprises, but also just good to see that that is kind of where Giannis's focus is, at least for Bucks fans. Uh, I know a number of our Greek listeners will probably be disappointed by that, but I don't think this is a growing pattern of Giannis never playing. It's just I think Giannis is definitely going to prioritize those dates, prioritize those events, and figure out the best times for him to put on a Greek national team jersey um, because he still does want to do that. But uh, that was sort of the news of the day. And, again, there's not a ton of news this time of year. Uh, we are uh, just a about – oh, wow uh, – couple weeks away from you know media day hitting up uh september 24th and practices getting underway on the 25th so uh, it's not all that far away uh, just a couple weeks and we're getting closer by the day so um exciting stuff there some of the stuff i wanted to talk about was it, it sort of came from uh, the mailbag I did last week, it sort of came from the last little bit of conversation that Frank and I uh, were able to have. It came from a number of different places, but I've had some people throughout the off season ask me and then argue me about what the starting lineup will be. And I'm pretty resolute on thinking that the starting lineup for this team will end up being Bledsoe, Snell, Middleton, Adetokounmpo, Lopez. And the reason why I say that is I just think when you go through position by position, that makes the most sense. The The biggest question mark, I think, for most people is Tony Snell at shooting guard. And the reason I put him in there is because, I mean, I do think you have to find a balance. And uh, as far as playmaking goes, a guy that helps you have balance is someone who can have a, a minuscule usage rate that... He can find a way to 
hopefully, you know, have some flow, still shoot 40% uh, while only getting up a, a small number of shots and not really needing the ball at any other times. That he can be a guy that spreads the floor and hopefully have some gravity that opens up lanes for everyone else. And, and Tony Snell is kind of that guy. And I know in the past we've we've joked about Mark Pope starts. We've joked about uh, Job starts. Both of those guys not known for doing a heck of a lot. But I don't know that Tony Snell is quite down that far. Actually, I know he's not. He's not down that far. He is a better player than those guys. But the idea of having someone with low usage makes everything easier, especially when you have guys like Bledsoe, Middleton, and Tadakumbo that do need a, a fair share of usage, a fair share of possessions to try to create their own shot, create shots for others. They need the ball in their hands some, so having a guy that doesn't it can be really successful. And the other part of that is you really need that if Lopez is going to be the other guy that you add there. And I think it does have to be Lopez that you don't have, you know, two starters that are super low usage. The Bucks did that at times last year. Um, but I just think Lopez is such an upgrade over everything else that the Bucks have at center that that's kind of the things that you'll see. And again, like I said, there'll be different people that argue different things and you know maybe you're thinking you want to stagger Brooke Lopez and find a way to keep Brooke Lopez against bench units and then you know you can keep his usage higher because he can eat up a lot of the possessions that he gets with bench players so I I understand some of that Uh, you know maybe you don't think Tony Snell does quite enough so you want to find a way to get Malcolm Brogdon on the floor uh, and then really have a ton of playmakers out there Um, maybe you want to start Ursani Leisov at center and go small from the start uh, which again I'm not sure we're going to see this Bucks team do uh, as a starting lineup. You know, certainly it could be a look that they'll use from time to time, but it seems unlikely to start lineup. Like, and there's other people that want to go two true-ish bigs with Lopez and Ilya Silva and bump Giannis down to small forward, have Middleton out there, and then have kind of 6-8 from shooting guard on and just kind of have a real long lengthy lineup and again maybe that's an interesting look but at the same time I don't think a starting lineup that actively moves Giannis down to small forward is particularly good I think you get a lot of the great things about Giannis at the power forward spot so I've heard a number of arguments as a starting lineup and I just don't, to me, that makes the most sense because you want that center position to, and David Locke was mentioning this on his podcast with Kevin Pelton on Lockdown NBA the other week. You know, there's actively a spot where, you know, some people could say the center position in Milwaukee was the worst in the league. 30 out of 30 NBA teams. That that would be where you would rank the Bucks' production at center last season, and I mean there was times where we talked about that uh, with the point guard position once it, once the Bucks didn't really have anyone uh, after Eric Bledsoe. That you know having such bad backups makes it really difficult and brings the whole position down and we talked about it at center last year like if you don't have someone that is actively uh, a net positive that you can point to uh, and say that guy is undoubtedly good and undoubtedly makes a strong impact on the floor well then you know 
getting a guy like Lopez that even if it is for just 25 minutes can take care of that it just seems like that's the way to go and I would say I think I've had less argument about what the Bucks' starting lineup may look like. Like the idea that they'll go Bledsoe, Snell, Middleton, Adetokounmpo, Lopez, uh, because as I kind of laid out there, I think it makes a lot of sense. But where I've had more problems is I tend to think that's the lineup that the Bucks close with as well. You're going to see the Bucks close with a, a lineup like that, with one exception that you will take out Tony Snell because offense does become more difficult in the final couple of minutes. Teams are more locked in. You're going to be more half-court based uh, just because you're going to have a number of timeouts and you're not going to have as much open play because teams really shut down transition lane games that you know, having another playmaker out there makes it easier to draw plays, makes it easier to, uh, you know, make teams bend. It makes it more difficult to, you know, find a way to actually shut every option down. If the only option that Tony Snell has is catch and shoot, well then, you know, you go out there and you face guard him and that's about it. <laughs> or, or you find a way that you can shade your help off and get it back. And that allows you to give more help to Giannis possibly drive. Like you can find ways to do that. Um, so I think the closing lineup to me is the starters, except you switch in Brogdon for Snell. So then you have Bledsoe, Brogdon, Middleton, Giannis, Lopez, and People have been a little bit more surprised with that because a lot of the times they'll kind of ask, well, don't you have to go small late in games? Like, won't teams find a way to play Brooke Lopez off the floor? And I think what interests me there is I, I think going small is is a thing that everyone kind of believes in now um that's a that's a thing and when i say everyone i mean basketball fans basketball fans think yeah small lineups switch everything we've seen the bucks do this a number of times in the playoffs we saw thon maker become relevant again uh once they started to go small and switch a lot of stuff and uh i think i think there's a little bit of confusion as far as you know who is doing that and why. And I, I do think when you look at a number of the really strong teams in the NBA, you're able to find teams that do downsize, that do go smaller. And I think the Warriors come to mind uh, almost immediately. I, I think the probably the Celtics come to mind as well. But the one thing that I always kind of want to say in those situations is you got to have the personnel to go small. Like if if you're going small and putting out, I mean, use the Bucks as an example. If you're going small and you put out Shabazz Muhammad is one of the people that's helping you go small with Giannis and Jabari Parker. Well, what did going small actually get you? What what did you gain from going small? Because you have to have those guys that can unlock it. When the Warriors go small, it's Andre Iguodala. And that can be an awesome thing. And oh yeah, them going small is only them going small because Draymond Green happens to be 
a six-seven center that actually can guard centers that 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 you do struggle to take advantage of, and uh, we've seen teams again and again struggle to do that. Partly because Draymond's difficult to take advantage of in the post because he's very strong and knows how to use his body, but also because defensively you can't do anything against the Warriors. So I think it, it, there's this interesting. I don't even know. It's an interesting kind of contradiction in that I think we all believe that the NBA is trending smaller, that we think the most exciting basketball is when teams go small, but also there's a bunch of teams that still play true centers late. There's a bunch of teams that just can't manage to do that, and I'm really interested to see what the Bucks do because I've said throughout all this that, you know, Giannis at center isn't a thing until Giannis at center is a thing. And I don't mean they start to use it. I mean, at some point, it has to be successful if you want to use Giannis at center. It hasn't happened thus far, and I have a lot more belief in this coaching staff to make Giannis at center a, a real possibility and a, a real strength for this Bucks team. But at the same time, we haven't seen it really be successful. So that's something that we'll have to watch. And uh, I mean, like I said, Brooke Lopez is a very good basketball player. And I feel like when you're trying to close games, you are trying to close with your best group of players, and you're trying to close with the the units, the lineups that give you the most advantages. And I think on a lot of nights, Brooke Lopez is going to have an advantage on whoever the other starting center is. And because he can shoot threes and because he can step out, you're still able to space the floor. So I think it's going to be... I think the assumption is, oh yeah, take Brooke Lopez off the floor. Teams are going to play him off the floor. They're going to make him switch on the pick and roll. He's going to have to try to use his slower feet, his big body, to uh, attempt to stay in front of someone. And immediately... I think our mind in these situations goes to Steph Curry bouncing off a screen, hitting a three, and Brooke Lopez not being far enough out there, not being there to actually get a hand up and contest. And I can understand that fear, but not every team has those guys. Not every team finds a way to take advantage of it in those same ways. So it feels like it seems very easy and it seems very logical to go small, but I do think it is harder to do than that. And where it may get interesting for the Bucks is last year, Ersan Ilyasova ended up playing center a number of times. And the lineups with him at center ended up being pretty good a lot of the times. And this is across both the, the Hawks and the Sixers, but he spent about 420 possessions at center last year. And when you look at the guys that he was playing with, you know, you see a guy like Dario Saric at power forward, Torian Prince, uh, Robert Covington. Those are three guys that, you know, aren't particularly big. And the Atlanta lineups all ended up being pretty strong. They ended up scoring a bunch of points defensively, maybe not the best. And that was kind of par for the course with Ursan at the five was that offensively, you're going to be great point 
at, at a points per possession kind of stand and in 420 possessions they were in the 98th percentile 118.1 points per possession defensively they struggled 109 uh, and a half points per possession uh, defensively so they aren't quite as good on that side of the ball uh, but if you're scoring a lot well you can make up for it and uh, in the lineups in Atlanta you're looking at Schroeder, Bazemore, uh, Bembry, Prince, Ilyasova, uh, or you're looking at a, a different combination of Schroeder with Bellinelli, Bazemore, and Prince, or uh, Schroeder and Malcolm Delaney and Bazemore and Prince. And in those lineups, you're not seeing, uh, let's say, a, a freaky player uh, kind of bounce those out. Once he was with the Sixers, a lot of those possessions came with Ben Simmons on the floor, and and that makes a little bit more sense. And maybe that is a more useful uh, kind of example for what the Bucks may possibly be able to do with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, but interestingly enough, one of the lineups that struggled offensively was a Simmons, Bellinelli, Covington, Saric, Ilyasova lineup. It's his most uh, used lineup as a center, 64 possessions. So again, we're talking about sample sizes that are a little bit smaller than I think anyone would be totally comfortable projecting from. But you're looking at a lineup where the Bucks can kind of simulate that. Uh, obviously, Giannis is a better basketball player than Ben Simmons, but Giannis in for Ben Simmons okay, you can kind of try to find your way through that. Uh, at power forward, Dario Saric, small forward Covington, Marco Bellinelli at shooting guard. And, you know, there is some kind of, you know, way that you could get something similar than that. I think a guy like Chris Middleton is better than Saric or Covington or Bellinelli. Uh, you know, I think a guy like Tony Snell can be Bellinelli-ish. Uh, and then, you know, you figure out what other wing guy you want to put in there uh, for your Covington clone. Like, you can find a way to get a bunch of shooters on there uh, where it would be essentially four shooters and Bellinelli, Covington, Sarge, and Ely Silva, and then one non-shooter in Simmons. And they weren't very good offensively, 98.4 points per 100 possessions. Uh, and I, I don't know. I, I, think, I think that's a, a big question that looms is... How successful can lineups be that play Giannis and Ilyasov as the 4-5? And again, I think you could probably argue which one would be the 5, which one would be the 4. But if the Bucks can find success in those units, I think you can do some really interesting things defensively. I think you can do some more switching. I think you can be a little bit more aggressive. But if that doesn't work, you know, that kind of limits the position that you can play Ilya Silva in, uh, the, the lineups that you can play Ilya Silva with, and then it requires more out of a guy like Brooke Lopez, where you know, you, you have to do, you have to find ways to be successful with him on the floor, uh, because you know, if you take him off and put on Ilya Silva, that may be one of your better options, maybe better than Maker or Henson, and I, I don't know that it, it, this Bucks team is really interesting this year because I think we're going to see a more innovative approach taken by Mike Budenholzer, but at the same time, we don't know what the result of those more innovative approaches have been because for the last couple of years, 
even when the Bucks have gone small, even when the Bucks have gone Giannis at center, which they have done, they've put out some poor shooting lineups. They've put out some some lineups that just don't really make a ton of sense with Giannis and don't exploit the things that he can do both offensively and defensively. Uh, so seeing how all of that works out, especially with a guy like Ilyasova, who Mike Boonholzer obviously is a huge fan of, I just think it's going to be fun to watch and see the new and interesting things the Bucks try and how well those things work because I think for a while now it's been kind of Bucks fans' dreams to see a game where you can feel like Giannis played some variation of point guard and then in the same game some variation of center. And we've seen those some of those games, but we haven't seen it be totally uh, wholly successful on all of those at all of those positions with both him at center and with him at point guard. So I think it's going to be a really interesting year to watch. So that is where I think maybe the more interesting questions lie is not who starts. I mean, and again, this is probably a basketball truism of some sort, but you know, it is more interesting who finishes a game than starts a game. That That is always a little bit more indicative of the guys that you can trust and uh, the guys that can really get the best out of each other is who closes games and how the Bucks close at the center position I think is going to be really interesting because, I mean, to me there is something to be said for Brook Lopez and being able to create. He's he's an underrated passer. He can catch the ball on the block. He can make some plays there. But also that moves Giannis into a spot where he would have to be playing off ball. You're shrinking the floor there. So maybe it's moving Brook Lopez out to the outside and letting Giannis operate from there. Maybe it's taking Lopez all the way off the floor. Um, do teams find a way to take advantage of Lopez in the pick and roll late in games? Uh, there's just a number of questions where you're going to have to find a way to balance out how you're getting the most offensively and defensively, where you can make sacrifices. But it, I will say this. I'm not upset that we can actually have these type of conversations. That there isn't, you know, one lineup that looks like, yeah, that's probably how you have to close. And you're saying have to close because you don't really have other options. You don't really have other strong players that can get through that. It's just uh, they can piece together adequate basketball, and that's the team we have to close with. There, there will be actual options, and, and we'll have to see how the Bucks kind of move their way through it, how they try to test some of this out, and I, I think it, it it will lead to a really interesting season. So I'm curious what you guys are thinking. Shoot me tweets at Eric underscore name. Shoot us tweets at Lockdown Bucks. Uh, but starting and closing lineups. Uh, uh, to me, the starters seem obvious. The closing lineup, I, I think maybe you can have a little bit more of an argument there. Uh, you know, is it Tony Snell or is it Malcolm Brogdon? Is it, uh, you know, is it a super small lineup where Giannis is the center, Middleton's the power forward, uh, then Snell, Bledsoe, and Brogdon? I don't know. Maybe you could do something like that. Maybe it's a pseudo. It's a pseudo small lineup with Ilyasova at center, Giannis at power forward, and then Middleton, and then maybe Snell or Brogdon, and then Bledsoe, or maybe it's a, a bigger lineup with 
Lopez as a center and Giannis as the power forward and maybe a similar unit to where you start. Or maybe it's a uber big lineup where you go Lopez and Elias Silva and Giannis and Middleton uh, and Eric Bledsoe. So I, I, there's a number of options. I'm curious. I, I would love to hear your guys' arguments for you know which way you start, which way you end, and kind of what you're looking for in those spots because – as I said, the Bucks have a number of quality players. I think you can make some interesting arguments a number of different ways. So that is going to be it for us for today. For Frank Madden, I'm Eric Name. This has been Lockdown Bucks. Hit me up on Twitter. We can talk this through over the weekend. But until then, we will see you next week. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We'll talk to you later.